0: another episode of pats from the past podcast matt smith along with brian moore and we're pleased today to be joined by the latest member of the patriots hall of fame you know him as number 93 in your school board we know him as number one in our hearts <laughs> ladies and gentlemen
1: richard Seymour, big c uh yeah no big c's here guys how are you thank you for having me
0: thanks for joining us richard
1: yeah no for sure absolutely i'm uh i'll say this i know we were supposed to do it about a week ago. And uh, just a quick story. Um,
0: (laughs) I can't wait for this one.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It was my birthday, right? So uh, I had a surprise. Well, my wife surprised me just with a few friends that came over. And, you know, I'll say this. I wasn't expecting it. I know we had it. uh, We were scheduled for that Tuesday morning to come on. But that night, uh, one glass of wine kind of led to another. And then before you know it, like the wine shifted to a little tequila. And then it was like, you know what? Uh, so I didn't want to come on and not be able to give the fans the full, uh, big C experience. So (laughs) anyway, I'm here. I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, it's been a long time coming, but, uh, I'm glad to be joined by you guys. So
0: maybe what we should think about doing Brian is let's schedule this. For his next birthday and do it for the, and do it for the birthday. That might be the real Big C experience, That's right? <laughs> I know.
1: Hey, you know what? We we can go virtual and have cameras here and the whole deal, right? Love, we it. See
2: Love it. We should we you should have hit Ty law. You should have hit Ty law for some V1 hey, vodka. Funny? No, no.
1: This is a true story. So last year uh for my birthday, which was my fortieth, right? So I just turned 41, but uh Ty law, uh, Dion Branch and the guys, they came down, and uh, we had a live band. Actually, it's the exact same band uh, that performed for Ty Law's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Oh, nice. Ceremony. Yeah, so it was it was beautiful, and uh, all the guys came and celebrated, and um, it, it was a really great time. So next time we do something, I'll have to have the camera crew and uh, give the fans a little experience. Right.
2: And now you have a band for your Hall of Fame induction when that eventually comes. Which it better?
1: Yeah, uh, eventually, eventually. You know what? I don't want to uh, say it prematurely because it's it's always a difficult uh, deal to get in. But I'm, just, I'm I'm just I'm humbled and honored to even be mentioned among you know the elite and the great to ever play the game. So um, you know I, I I humbly accept that. And uh, when that time comes, I'm sure we'll party and celebrate. And um, you know get to tell some really great stories and and share, you know, because I I look at it really like this, like, to be honest, personally, like I really uh, myself, like, I don't really like to reflect the whole lot, but I also think it's an opportunity and time to really thank the people that have helped you along the way, just, you know, from parent coaches to uh, teammates, just to really get you to understand, like, it is that you accomplished and, and it's the opportunity to tell them thank you you know um you know uh so that that'll be what that's for for me personally just because like i said i don't i don't know i kind of shy away from talking about myself a whole lot but you know it it i i just have to look at it as you know it's an opportunity for me to just tell you know, so many thank you, and 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 what they meant, and and how instrumental they were.
2: Well, we'll we'll, we'll certainly enjoy uh, at least next year putting a red jacket on you. If if the gold, Absolutely. if the gold is still not there yet, well, the red one's nicer anyway.
1: i've heard that you know here's the thing i i I don't discriminate i'll take the red i'll take the gold i'll take you know any jackets y'all want to throw on big c at this point i'll take it well when
2: when when andre tippett said to me one day he goes why why'd you pick red i go what do you mean red i go that jacket's way nicer than the gold he goes shit.
1: <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the triple triple. I, I always call Tip. I call him Tip, and I call him triple triple O G. You know, when I was drafted to New England, you know, this was back in the old Foxborough Stadium, right? And uh, typically, like we used to have meetings down in the dungeon. Uh, it was like right across from the waiting room. And Tip coming out and had on like you know a karate suit and and pants and kind of talking about pass rush and that sort of thing. So I've always called him the triple OG, you know, that's always been our relationship just because, you know, he's, uh, he was always so great for so many years and, you know, just a a legend, um, not only in, you know, for the Patriots, but just a legend of the game of football.
2: Well, and you know, Richard, I, uh, Mm -hmm. I talked to him about you last year and, Mm -hmm. you know, he raved about you as a player in support of, your Hall of Fame induction in Canton. And Mm -hmm. Coach Belichick also had, as you know, flattering things to say, called you and Vince Wilfork, the two best Mm -hmm. linemen he's ever coached, and he's been in the league for 45 years. I mean, coached Mm -hmm. those uh, sack pack teams of the Baltimore Colts in 1975. So, I mean, what what does that mean to you when Coach Belichick makes a comment like that?
1: Uh, It's hard to kind of take it all in, you know. It really is just because, you know, how much admiration and respect that I have for Coach Belichick. And, uh, you know, just just being a defensive-minded guy, like I learned so much under Coach Belichick just in terms of preparation and what it means to really prepare and what it means to be disciplined and fundamentally sound. And not just being uh, a super talented guy, but, you know, when you can add <clears throat> talent, along with a uh, great work ethic, along with study habits, along with being a great teammate, um, you know, like that's when greatness truly happens. And I was just very fortunate that I was drafted by the Patriots because I was the young guy coming in, right? Like it was a veteran-laden team, you know, Willie McGinnis and Teddy and, you know, Rabel came in that exact same year that I was there. Um, you know, Anthony Pleasant. Um, Bobby Hamilton, Otis, OTI, you know, OTIS, like Ty Law, you know, like I could just keep going because, like, those are my guys. And, you know, like I was the, but like I was the young, talented guy that came in, but um, like I was just able to soak up so much um, knowledge. And, you know, obviously when I went out to the Raiders, like it, like I looked at it for me as, it was an opportunity where I could just share the knowledge that I've learned because then when I went to the like I was the older guy, right? I was the older guy and I was still able to share the the knowledge and experience like that uh, for me, you know, really what the game is all about. It's about people and it's about relationships and it's about sharing knowledge. And um, so, you know, they pass it on to me and it's about paying it forward to, to others. And, you know, like I said, Coach Belichick to be such a genius in terms of, You know, his knowledge of the game and, you know, I I remember when I was being recruited, well, not even recruited, I'll say this, being scouted out of the University of Georgia, right? Uh, Lionel Vitell, he comes in and he was was asking me, like, uh, could you uh, play the 3-4 defensive end? Because I was an interior guy my full time at Georgia. And he was asking me, could you play the 3-4 defensive end? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. But at the time, I didn't know if I could play that. I didn't know, like, <laughs> what they did. I didn't know nothing about two gapping. I just, you know what? If it's on the football field and it's on the defensive line, yeah, I can do it. That's That was my mindset. But I didn't really didn't know. But he was like, would you want to come to a system that – you know, does that and I told him, like, yeah, of course I of course I could do that. Of course I'll be you know, but I didn't know. But like I was uh you know, just able to learn so much from Romeo Cornell, uh just about defense and uh you know, so I, I you know, I don't wanna keep going, I can get long winded well, a it's so fun of- to talk about with my guys for sure. No, but- I mean
0: but one of the things you just brought up there, Richard, that, yeah. you know, just to help maybe educate fans a little bit, <coughs> you talk about two-gapping. And I'll, I'll mm-hmm. play any place on the defensive line, you know, line or whatever you guys want. The mm-hmm. irony about that is is that you were asked to do something. You were asked to subjugate your ego. You were asked, mm-hmm. in essence, to play a position that wasn't going to provide you with a lot of statistics. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, talked, we began this conversation about talking about Hall of Fame. So – the gaudy stats aren't there. The flashy sack numbers aren't there. You've got mm-hmm. to know a little bit about football to realize, well, this is what Richard Seymour was asked to do, and nobody was better than doing it. So you got to right. know a little bit about the game to realize what your skill level was and what you were being asked well, to do in right. the system. Well, Isn't that uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. yeah, no, absolutely. I think you make a valid point there. I, you know, I always say this, like, the real football heads and the real people who were close to the game—they uh, they really understand. Like it didn't even something that we even have to discuss. Um, but I will say this, just in terms of like the overall stats and you know we would always talk about like stats are for losers and that sort of thing not 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 really but like that was the mindset like we we really didn't care about who got the you know the the pro bowls and who who was recognized as you know potentially up for defensive player of the year like we wanted to win we, like, we were like true champions, like whatever it takes to win, whoever has to sacrifice what, like, that's what we were all about. You can have a guy, just take a, just take a, I'll I, I put it to most fans like this, like just take a prime time receiver. Like they could be in the game and probably maybe have one or two catches that game, but the way they dictated coverage is the way that other teams had to game plan for what they brought to the table and how many other guys were able to succeed. Um, like those are the things that matter to champions. To day. Like, like that. That's Randy Moss, isn't it? Is, That's Moss. Yeah, um, but like, in my mind, like, you know, like I said before, like it's a difference between stats and impact. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, uh, you just want to win. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's a privilege and an honor to play the game that we love. And, you know, you get paid a lot of money to do it and, you know, opportunity to meet people that you probably never come in contact with and have a relationship. So I'm just really grateful, to be honest. I'm grateful for all the blessings that I've had and, and everything that the game has afforded.
2: Richard, I talked to you last year and you said this, and this is going back to Coach Belichick his information was next level. He made me understand football as a whole. It wasn't just about playing my position. I understood how the pieces fit together. I understood why things happened. I even learned to understand what the offensive players on the other side were looking for on our defense. Right? Can you can you give us an example Absolutely. or give some more detail on, on why that was important?
1: Well, I, I'll say this, just the terminology um, and how smart Coach Belichick was. Like, he he would talk to defense, basically, in the defensive language and, you know, the deep line and the linebackers and, you know, the secondary. And he would talk to the offensive line. And, you know, everybody, you know, uh, language is, is sort of different. It's almost like he's speaking French, Chinese, and everything else. And he's able to do it so effortlessly. Uh, but one thing that they stood out to me that I don't know if a lot of people uh, No, it is such a great motivator without hammering that point home you know like he would just say look and and give them nuggets about you know what the other team is thinking and how uh they are kind of preparing for you and and that sort of thing but it was always enough that when game time came uh, I don't know if he gets enough credit. I know he gets a lot of credit for exit and O's, right? Like, and so. But he was also a great motivator of uh, of men, and, and you know, he he always left no stone unturned in, in terms of preparation. Like you know, that obviously that's um, you know, he'll go down as the greatest. Um, but he he never let his foot off. And I think no matter what walk of life you're in, whether it's football, basketball. Um, you know, all winners kind of have the same drive, have the same motivations and work ethic and disciplines and fundamentals. Like all of those things are important. Whether you're in business and school, uh, you need all of those qualities to really succeed. And, you know, um, I learned so much and I'm able to not only, you know, so I was blessed in that regards to play for a lot of great coaches, um, a lot of great teammates that I just learned from. So, you know, I, I. I know I you know repetitive and saying, but like I, I'm really truly grateful.
0: I remember in the, uh, the team meeting room before the um, Philadelphia Super Bowl 39 because we put a camera up on like a stack of um, glasses glasses in order to shoot it and the infamous um, school will be out in Philadelphia on Tuesday. Um, the kids won't be in school on Tuesday. The parade right. route for the parade in Philadelphia is going to be. You we got the guys jets flying over. In, the, in case right. you're interested in that, yeah, just just in case <laughs> you're interested, I just, just in case you'd be interested in that. A subtle way, but probably very effective.
1: Uh, but it's all, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's it's all of those little moments. Uh, I remember kind of getting ready to go, and uh, this was that year they, uh, you know, would have had LT and um, had you know all of the guys and you know. Merriman off the edge and, you know, ran their prime and, you know, it was kind of like they were already teeing up the tickets for, you know, which family members are getting what and how they kind of, you know, making arrangements and that sort of thing. But it was just a way of just subtly getting your attention, but having a pulse of knowing how to make the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up because we're all competitors at the end of the day. Like it doesn't take much to say, okay, they said this. Okay, well, all right, I know. I don't know how much I'll sleep tonight because I'm gonna be ready to go. But the it, thing is, the, was, the thing is yeah. about
0: that, Richard, is that like it's not like you guys were six and twelve or you know six and ten. Like you guys are fourteen and two, 14 and two, 12 and four. And here's Rodney Harrison coming in after the game. They gave us no respect. They gave, like, what do you mean they didn't give you respect? You guys are like division. You were, champ. You were nine point favorites, right? And, and but it worked with guys but, like but it's Harrison. That
1: itch. It's that itch. right? you got to keep that edge you got to keep that edge it's always like anytime you're just settling and, and you feel like you know uh, we should we, we lay it out there like it doesn't happen that way it really doesn't like you have that mentality where you know, we might have drum up some things and um but I think that always kept us at a level uh, to compete uh Year in and year out, it, it had us so ready to go. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I think it, it, it's, it's a difference when uh, I, I think it was the, the, the female coach from Duke, you know, or North Carolina. I forgot which one. But, you know, she made an interesting point And I was just kind of like, no, she hit it on the head. You know, it was if, if you're getting ready to run a race and, you know, or, or you got to run sprints or something like that. Uh, and and, and, you, and the coach told you to do it. Okay, you do it. And, you know, you work hard and you kind of get it done. But, you know, but a teammate's out there with you and, and y'all running them together. It's just an extra, like, <laughs> you're not going to beat me. I'm going to just let you know that. Like, and and that's what we always had. Like, it was just the ability to compete uh, week in and week out. And we we always understood as a team what our ultimate goal was. And you, you never wanted to be the guy to let your brother down. And... You know, it was a true bond. Like, we hung out together. We cared about one another. Like, it was a culture that we created there. Um, When I got there in 2001, um, and we were coming off a 5-and-11 season. But from that point moving forward, we created a culture that I'm telling you that it's a bond that, you know, we still talk to this day. And that's why I said, like, the relationships that I have with Rodney and Willie and, you know, uh, you know, Vince, and like I said, Ty Warren, like Jarvis, like, I mean, like, like those are lifetime relationships, but we all had that same commonality that we didn't want to let each other down. Like our families hung out together and our kids, we would always, you know, go to dinners and do, you know, so it was like, like the friendships, it was so authentic and so real. And we cared about one another. And when you create something like that, like it's so special and it's hard in life. Um, you know, to find that, like you're always in search of, you know, something to bring out that, that monster inside of you, like just to compete at a level that is really unheard of. Like, uh, like I can, I could get really emotional about that. Really.
2: So Richard, I, I just one, mm-hmm. one follow up on bill. So, mm-hmm. As great as he is, and you've talked a lot about, you know, the genius of Bill Belichick, as a star player on a roster, on a football roster, mm-hmm. how hard is it sometimes to be just treated as one of fifty-three? Like, does that wear on you?
1: Um. Well, I think at the end of the day, like, um, I, I look at it twofold, right? In, in one regards, I think it always keeps uh the edge like it always keeps you razor sharp in terms of you know what like no excuses are going to be uh had like we we, in order for us to to meet in in order for you to maximize uh the talents that you have and, and and also as a team uh to to ultimately compete at the highest level week in and week out. Like, I think you have to have that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so on one, like I totally understand it. And I always looked at it like this. I wanted you to coach me hard. Like I wanted to know what, if I did something wrong, tell me. And, uh, I want to correct it because uh, I, I would always say, like, help me help you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was my mindset. Like, uh, I didn't want to leave any stone left unturned either. I prepared, uh, and I put in more work than my opponent. Like, that's what gives you confidence. Yeah. What gives you confidence at the end of the day is knowing that I put in more work than the guy across from me. So I should kick his ass. Like, and that's how I felt about it. At the end of the day, I felt like I should do that because I'm prepared to do and uh, I'll say this, like, in my mind, the way that you show me uh, that you value what I bring to the table, like, that's why we all have contracts. Like, you get you get paid upon the value that you bring to the team. Like, so if if we're compensated and all of that, like, the business is handled and, and, and done with, man, let's get to work like, that's my mindset. Let's get to work. All the business is taken care of. Like, let's move forward in terms of what does it take to be the best period? Like, you know, like, I don't want to put no feelings and all of that stuff involved with it. Like coach me hard. We could, and here's the deal. Like I might not agree with everything that went on, or you might not agree with everything that I want to do, but we have the same common goals. Like, to be the best and to win. Like, that's why we're in this business. That's why we want to do what we got to do. So, um, you know, that's that's how I look at it. You
0: okay. need, uh, need more of that in life, by the way. We should be able to agree to disagree peacefully yeah. and respectfully as Are long it? as there's a common goal at hand. But so Richard Seymour didn't mind being coached hard, and Willie McGinnis didn't mind being coached hard, and Laurie Malloy didn't mind being coached hard. But would you admit, Richard, that that style – that's not for any for everybody. And when you talk about the bond that you have with these people, the reason why it's a special bond is because this place isn't for everybody. And some people, quite honestly, couldn't deal with uh, everything that that went into doing it, which made I think maybe what you guys accomplished and for how long the organizations have been able to be successful such a unbelievable achievement.
1: No, it, it really is. And uh, you know, I, I, like you say, like I, I mean, I don't want to get. In- Speaking for other people and, uh, you know, but I just know in terms of speaking for myself, like, you know, you're taking care of me on my business side, man, I, I want to be coached hard and I want to be prepared. So, uh I, I, I'll leave it at that, but I'll also say that um, it was a point that I, while you were talking, I didn't want to cut you off, but I kind of, I, I'll, I'll follow back up and it'll come to. But anyway.
0: <laughs> well, listen, I, we <laughs> turned, I, you just turned forty-one. That's a senior moment.
1: Yeah, no, there you go already. <laughs> hey, <laughs> forty-one, and look at it, it's happening already. Well, well I
2: want to know what the coach's yeah. reaction was when you and a wide receiver showed up late for either. Coming off the buy or mini camp or what it was, you got to tell that story.
1: Oh, David Patton. There <laughs> you go. So, <laughs> so uh, me and David Patton, uh, we're from South Carolina and we went to the same high school. And, you know, we were, but we were all on bye that week. So, you know, we went home and, you know, hanging out. And I didn't even know it, but when it was time to come back, we were on the same flight coming back. Uh, but we had a stop in, uh, DC. Right. And so I was like, so when we got on the plane, I'm sitting there, I'm chilling. And then, you know, it's like the seat across from me, David, oh, we on the same flight coming back. Oh, cool. So we just got to talk and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, just talking about whatever. And then, so, but during our stop to in DC, you know, and I lay over there just a quick layover, but it was at night, but I don't know if it was a storm or I can't exactly remember why the what the delay was all about. Uh, but they canceled the flight uh going back to to Providence, right? So we couldn't catch the flight. So David was like, uh man, let's get in the car. Like it's a I, I don't know if it was an eight hour drive or whatever the case might be. And I was like, well Dave, like Coach Belichick is gonna have to understand the flights are canceled. Like we got to stay overnight and catch the morning flight. But David was like, This is what David said. See, you were a first-round draft pick. I wasn't. I can't take that chance. I'm not going to take that risk. If I got to drive, David was like, I'm going to be there. So I said, "Uh, you know what? We're from South Carolina together. I understand. I won't let you drive alone. Being a good teammate, right? But he encouraged, hey, let's go ahead and go. So I'm like, all right, we'll – We'll get a rental car and we'll, we'll uh, get on the road and head on up. We'll drive on up. So we get the rental car and, you know, we set out uh, to head on up to Boston uh, that, that night. But so we might've went, I don't know, two hours. And David was like, well, you know what? Let's just gas up again. Let's, uh, you know, get some, you know, donuts and coffee and some snacks while we, you know, we're going to the store. And I'm just like, Well, I'm a little sleepy, Uh, so why don't you go ahead and take the first leg? I'll kind of catch up on some rest. Once I get rested, then I'll take over, and then you can rest. So we'll be ready to go. So David goes in the store, and I'm kind of laying in the passenger seat, just kind of got my seat reclined, pumps the gas. He got his snacks. He gets in the car, and I'm asleep at this time. I wake up, we're still at the pump. David's knocked out <laughs> beside me right here. <laughs> it's like, it's like five in the morning. We were sitting there for like four hours, but we got up and I'm just like, oh, David, what? Here here was the story that he told me. He was like, oh man, see, I can do this uh, trip all by myself. Like, you just my passenger. I'll get us up there. It's all good. Man, I look over, David's knocked out. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. So, anyway, we get on the phone to Bears and kind of let them know what's going on and told them uh, we'd be a little late coming in. But, we anyway, we, we missed the meetings, but we, we made practice. So, all was well, and Coach Belichick totally understood and uh, was understanding. But every time I see David, you know, at the front, I got inducted into South Carolina Hall of Fame, and David was in the crowd, and I had to rib him about this exact same day. And his wife was there and everything but He got to tell me like oh, man, I'm, a, I'm a distance driver and I've done this before So it was uh, It was definitely a, a fun Moment and, and I always give him A the hard time about it
2: So well, I think I, I love that story it's a classic and, and, and <laughs> It and is Something I want David to tell it I want to hear David's oh, side yeah, of it His He's, version of it would that's probably what it be is. interesting you
1: gotta, you gotta hear the other side Because I'm sure he'll have a, a flip side to the story but this this is the true authentic side. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Richard, yeah.
2: one of the things you told me, and, and I go back, and I remember back in 2003 after Lawyer had been cut, and you guys got buried in Buffalo in week one, and you went to Philadelphia for week two, and uh, that was the week Tom Jackson suggested uh, on ESPN that you guys hated your head coach. And that week, you know, you guys went out and, hammered philadelphia and that week you really came out and took a strong stance in favor of coach and really showed some leadership and when i talked to you last year you mentioned that you know you were proud of being named a captain in your second year at age 22. how important was that and how do you when you reflect back on your career does that have a different perspective now that maybe than it had then
1: yeah, no, you know what, uh, I think when you're playing and when you're in the game uh, or anything in life, when you're trying to achieve success, you never really think, uh, you know, what you've accomplished, you know, cause it's always about what's next, right? You, you never get a chance or you never really want to reflect. I mean, I mean, obviously it's moments where you're kind of happy that, you know, uh, you've had the success that you had, but you know, you always looking for that next, um, uh, Thrill—you're always looking for that that next competition and uh, challenge. So, uh, but but now you know I do have an opportunity to reflect because you know I've been eight years now removed from the game, and um, you know now I think about all the relationships and 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 everything that we've accomplished, and uh, you know how special all of that really was, and. And the bonds that I've created over the years. So um, you know, I, I I will say that, you know, one of the most uh one of the most proudest accomplishments in terms of playing for me is uh, you know obviously being named a team captain at like I said at the age of twenty two and it's you know a veteran laden team and you know and and you know those type things don't happen if, if you don't, you know, uh Take your craft serious and your teammates respect you and 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 management respects you and and you can be an advocate for uh, the players on the team uh and and because you kind of have a pulse of what's going on in the locker room and you want to share uh to management and, and to the coaches like what what's that experience look like and also to Uh, have management and coaches to trust you in terms of being one of the the captains to kind of, you know, being an advocate and having a pulse of the team. So it was a balance, but you had to be authentic and uh, transparent in who you are as a person for one, because I, I think all of those things matter. Like. Like, everybody around has to trust who you are. Like, they have to see your work ethic. Like, it's not always about the speeches and all of that stuff is great, but, like, like they have to see the day-to-day grind that you put in. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just very fortunate that, you know, um, my coaches and teammates respected that. Um, and also uh, being named to a member of the All-Decade team because that shows, uh, in my mind, it, it shows it's not just – one year. It's not just one game or one play. It's it's a body of work over the course of a career. And those are the things in my mind that uh, I'm most proud of. And um, I get a little chance to reflect on that. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool just to, uh, you know, reflect on it.
0: I want to go back to the 22-year-old elected captain in a team that has and I'm just naming a couple of strong personalities on the side of the ball that you played in. In 55, Willie McGinnis, and 24, Ty law. And what gave you the confidence, Richard, as a 22 year old kid? Now you're just coming off of the Super Bowl. Um, you had a good rookie year. What gave you the confidence to say, you know what? I can lead these guys? I can lead these guys.
1: Um, well, I'll say this. Like, I, I, you know, it's a collective effort. Like, it, it isn't like, you know, I was knocking on Willie's door. Hey, get up and let's get to workouts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it, it wasn't really that, um, you know, but what it was is, you know, they just saw the dedication that you had and they saw the talent that you had. And, you know, you're, you're a young guy and you're taking it serious. And, um, you know, they just saw you coming off of a Super Bowl where, you know, you had a really good game and kind of made it you know, uh, some lineman, that Pro Bowl lineman. So it was a lot of respect um, that I had. And and like I said, I mean, like, I really took my craft serious. Um, I I had a drive to be, um, to not necessarily compete against others, but I always wanted to get better each and every day. And uh, that's something that I always tried to do. And I also tell you this little quick story as well. Uh, I remember uh, it was before the Rams, Super Bowl in 2001. We were sitting in the cafeteria um, having pregame meal and all the D-linemen, you know, we're together. And, uh, you know, Romeo Cornell, he's there with us. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, obviously, I, you know, went through that season and, and and this is like, we're having pregame meal before we go and play the greatest show on turf, you know, who just beat us and uh, the regular season. So, you know, it's, 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 the moment you know it's here we're we're, we're um you know we're kind of gearing up you know mentally getting ready to go and i remember we just got done eating and we just uh, and romeo, you know some of the guys that kind of went and got on the bus and me and romeo just kind of sitting there and uh you know just talking a little and he he was just telling me he said see you know he would always call me C. he said see um you know if you see anything today that uh you know, any uh any holes or anything that you see on the sideline or while you in the game, you know, I'm giving you the green light to kind of go and do what it is like within the defense to go and to go and play. And I just remember having that conversation with him. It's like a shooter where in basketball that the coach is giving them the green light. And I just knew the team had a lot of confidence in what I saw on the field just because of the preparation that we tried to put in, you know, uh, during the year. So it's just little nuggets and little subtleties like that that um, let me kn- I-, I knew that I had the full confidence of, you know, the coaching staff of the players and. Uh, like I said, I mean, I I got stories for days. I don't want to be long-winded. So no, but on um, that
0: on that story specific <laughs> on that story specifically, Richard, would you say yeah. that um, Racks' words? I mean, is it fair to say that that was your best game of the year, your rookie season? I mean, if people yeah, didn't know no, about Richard absolutely. Seymour before that game, yeah. you knew about Richard Seymour after watching that game. You were dominant in that game.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I, I definitely give uh, Coach Connell, uh a ton of credit just because, uh, you know, I looked up to him, like, I mean, you know, he was the defensive line coach. And, you know, I think, you know, he was always with coach Belichick, whether they were in Cleveland together and um, the Giants or, but he, he gave me the confidence to say, Hey, I mean, it was almost like, I mean, you're talking to your coach and he's like, if you see something like go take it, you know uh, you know, obviously within the defense, but you know, I just want to let you just, just go and play like, you, you have the ability, you have the talent, you you, you you have the knowledge we've put in the study. You know, if anything happens, uh, we will deal with that after. But today, just go have fun, be enthusiastic and go play football, you know. And like with a coach telling, you know, you got to think at that time, Like like you said, I was I was 21 years old. When, when, when all of this took place, I, I, was, I came in the league at 20 years old. I was 21 at the Super Bowl, and your coach telling you, like, he's giving you the green light to go. And, uh, like, that, to me, like, it, it was, like, the aha moment. Like, okay, son, like, you're ready to go. It was like that sensei in the karate movie. Like, you go and do it. We got you, you know? So, like, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like, I just remember riding to the game and, and uh, just kind of thinking about uh like you're prepared for this moment you're ready for it like uh whatever it takes to go and uh put your best foot forward like that's what i was willing to do and you know just think about it like i was a you know i was the first round draft pick but like football was big in our family like i knew i touched this thing but I, I knew my family i knew my friends uh teammates that I played with in high school and coaches like because I remember when I was a kid watching the Super Bowl and here I am starting in the Super Bowl as a rookie 22 years old well 21 at the time like those are experiences and moments that you know you dream of you want to be in those situations as a player and to have it come to pass like you know you just feel so blessed and You just – so, like, like as a competitor, you just want to be in those situations, especially if you have the desire to want to be the best. So
0: can you believe 20 years have gone by and Rack is telling – jj watt to just go out there and have fun like are you just go have fun right (laughs) like you're not surprised that bill's still doing it you know bill's nuts you know and he's gonna do it they're gonna have to drag him off the field but are you surprised when you see that that rack is still doing it and he was just named head coach the other day
1: yeah no you know i I think it's also a testament to who he is and his knowledge and like you you can't stay around this game long if you know you don't have the knowledge and can motivate guys um you know, have a, have a clear understanding of what's going on in the National Football League and, you know, I think uh, you know, it's just a testament to who he is you know, so and also a quick little story, like, I was in um, the Bahamas uh, what's it like two years ago? But anyway like, so me and my wife was there and Bill and his wife there, and we didn't even know it like we, we uh, but I saw him, he was just sitting down and I kind of Came up behind them and bear hugged him. And, uh, you know, we were standing in the same hotel and uh, and we went out to dinner every night. Like none of this was planned. Like me and my wife, we went to go and like just have a great time and kind of get away from the kids a little bit. But when we got there, we had such a great time because Romeo and his wife was there. And we you know, went and had dinner every night and kind of hung out. And it's funny, like, uh, so Coach Cornell, he's there and I'm playing in a poker tournament down there as well. And... I ended up finishing third overall in that tournament, but it probably was because coach was there and giving me some advice. Like just because like poker two is also like a game where like you have to be even killed. You can't be too high. You can't be too low. You kind of got to like, if, like bad things are going to happen, but it's also about like how you respond and like so, I give coach. Uh, I gotta give coach. Uh, probably he probably gonna say, "Well, just send me a check in the mail." So, <laughs>
0: hopefully, after you won, you bought him he and his wife dinner that night. I yeah,
1: I'm telling you, I did. We had a, we had a, a really good bottle of wine to go with it too. Good,
2: Richard. How the heck did you get into poker?
1: You know, I played uh, with my dad growing up. You know, just for fun, not not on the level that I play now, but I just played and just you know, just a fun hobby that we just did kind of like with, you know, with, with the guys, you know, and, uh, you know, you just kind of got a chance to compete and that sort of thing. But, you know, once I, uh, you know, I stepped away from the game, um, you know, you just kind of like playing with your buddies. And then like, I just knew like I just had a natural ability that probably was just a little bit better than the guys that I were playing against. And and then I kind of got a lot more serious with it and took it serious. And, um I already had natural qualities that uh, that can make you kind of good at playing poker, just in terms of uh, attention to detail. Uh, and I was already groomed in a lot of the areas that I see so many really talented players just blow up in moments that, and I'm just like, Oh, wow. They just giving away chips right now. Just, well, you know, so, so I, I had a natural ability and I had a natural talent and You know, so I tried to hone in on those skills and, um, you know, it didn't it didn't. uh, And and it's very competitive. So, like, it was just a great outlet for me to still compete, you know, um, and I don't have to compete physically, you know, because those days have passed. I may I may have a, a snap or two left, but that's about it. (laughs) But but so
0: what you said earlier, and I could, I think I could see a little bit in your face and certainly could hear in your voice, you know, you've been out of the game for eight years and, you know, the camaraderie that you have that, you know, it's hard to ever recapture that depending on whatever you're going to do next in life. And football was a big part of your life, but you have a lot of life still to live. Does, Does the poker tour and being on that at least give at least give you a little juice, Richard, to compete? You know, and while you're not yeah, no, it, not it definitely, I think,
1: Yeah, no, think I think that's why a see of a lot of guys that play of uh you know of kind of venture over uh to something competitive uh or still try to be a little bit of a little bit of a little of the day, like, of the like, that's what make. That's what made you great. Like just that drive, and you know, you just want that outlet uh, in some capacity. And you know, poker is one of them for me. But you know, it's also, you know, you know, angel investing in companies, and you know, just being able to kind of have your hands diddle and dabble, and you know, so like all of those type little those little things are fun for me. So um, you know, but the most important thing for me at uh, at this point. especially when I stepped away from the game. And I also, I'll say this, I also think it's empowering when a player can step away on his own terms. Um, Because in this business, like you really don't have control over when you can step away from the game. You know, there's very few guys that can say, you know what, Uh, I think I'm done. Even if teams are kind of calling and saying, well, what's your interest And, and that sort of thing. But you're empowered and it's a sense of liberation when you can make your own calls about what's next and what the next chapter of your of your life uh, may look like. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's such a blessing when you know you can you know just kind of decide what it is that you want to do and how you want to do that and structure and have the right you know people around around you and have the right team around you to help facilitate, um, you know, some of your desire. So, you know, like I said, man, like, you know, a lot of times you just look at it like, man, I, I just don't deserve all the, the blessings that have been uh, bestowed upon me, but I'm very grateful and honored that um, I've had so many people in my life to, you know, help mold uh, the person that I am. And, you know, each day is, you know, you wake up with an excitement to uh, continue um, you know, making your, your wife proud, making your mom and dad and all the, the things that they've, uh, instilled in you as a, as a young man, you know, you, you also want to make them proud. And so, um, you know, like I said, you know, I have four kids that, you know, I just want to teach and try to give them some of the same values that, you know, I've had. Um, so it, it, it's, um, you know, I'm, i like I said, I'm, I'm very blessed and very grateful.
2: Richard, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because I just read something the other day. You won three Super Bowls in your first four years in the league and obviously had a great career here. I I just read something. I think it was Sean O'Hara from the Giants who said on the infamous David Tyree play that he just reached out and grabbed you by the throat. Is that accurate? Did he <laughs> grab you by the throat on that play yeah. as, as as Eli was kind of getting away a little bit?
1: Tell him to come grab me on the throat now here you he- <laughs> say? No, I said, tell him to come grab me on the throat now. Yeah, <laughs> but
2: did he do that in the moment?
1: I, I, you know what? Like, I mean, it's the game of football. Everything goes on in the trenches. But like, I, I like, you know, to say like exactly how the play happened, like, but I, I, I know he was holding the heck out of me. I don't know exactly where. Um, I thought it was kind of like on the collar area and that sort of thing. Um, but I thought the ref was going to throw a flag because I also had Eli in the grasp. And you know they're always protecting the quarterbacks, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sure he's going to blow it, but I do know I had a hand on him. Jarvis had a hand, and they were—he was kind of trying to fight to get away. And you know, we had guys on our back and that sort of thing. So like, you know, it's in the field of play. That type of stuff happens. Um, you know, I'm—I'm I'm I, sure I think, that I think his you know, quote so
2: was—I think his quote was, "Yeah, I had nothing to lose. I mean, the game was on the line right there. I just grabbed him by the throat."
1: Yeah, I I, 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 that that could very well be true, but I, like I don't, I, I don't, I, I can't recall exactly how the play played out. Like, you know, it's funny. It's a couple games I just never watch. I, I, um, I don't even go through the film and look at them. So, um, that's a good I, I, one to skip. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know what? It's, it's sorry for it's, bringing no, it up. It's, it's a, it's a few, no, no. It's not good. It's, it's a few <laughs> games. It's a few games you don't even watch ESPN like. Uh, you know, a, a month after those type games are over with, it's like, you know what, we, we're not going to do that. Let's let's just go outside and get to training and doing something else, you know. So um, that's what we are.
0: So we've talked a lot about your Patriot experience here, Richard, uh, mm-hmm. understandably so, and your experience with Bill. But you also mm-hmm. had a chance later in your career to be paired with one of the true greats, uh, another true great in the history of the profession, and that's Al Davis. What, right. was, it, what was it like – you know, and your experience with being around Mr. Davis uh, for the short time that you were able to be there in Oakland?
1: Yeah, um, I, I tell you, you know, um, I've I played for two historic franchises and I just go back and just say, you know, uh, play for the Patriots and then, you know, also the Raiders. And, and I'll say this, like the Raiders were actually like, a childhood favorite team growing up, you know, you just think about the silver and black, you know what I mean? And just the mystique of the Raiders, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, Good impression. You know, especially as a defensive lineman, uh, as a defensive lineman, you know, it's nasty. It's tough. Like you, you like, we're the, we're the, like the D lineman. And, and I say this all the time, D linemen are, you have to, especially if you want to be elite, You have to be able to rush the passer you have to be able to stop the run you have to be well conditioned in shape like it's like you're an elite boxer like you're using your hands and um i I always say like we're the toughest guys on the planet like i firmly believe that like just in terms of like um, the size uh the speed the athleticism uh fighting against guys but also have the speed and the agility to, uh, chase down running backs and that sort of thing. So, you know, I just also want to give a perspective, like to play as a defensive lineman in the black hole. Like that was an experience in its own. And, you know, I always respected Al because when I got there, you know, he was like, like he was older, but he recalled, like, plays that I had at the University of Georgia. Like, he remembered, like, all of those things. And, uh, like, so I just also just – I felt like I was around such a wealth of knowledge in terms of uh, being a pioneer and a legend in the game in terms of, you know, GM, you know, head coach, ownership. Like, like Al embodied all of those things. And, you know, for me, also, like, going to Oakland – um like I, I also got a chance to share my experiences that I learned in, in New England and all of the the relationships and, and everything that I learned, like I got to bring all of that, that with me. And, and I was also an advocate for the players because they respected me when I got there just because um the talent that I had, but also like at that point, like I'm coming with three Super Bowls. I'm coming with You know, at that time, five Pro Bowls, like all pros, like all of those things are coming along with me. So like when I stepped into the room, like they felt the weight of he's serious like this is, you know, we got to we got to we got to rise to a new level. And I, you know, as a as a player. That's all I want at the end of the day. Like, I want people to care just like I care, like in business or whatever it is that you're doing in life. Like, you want people to care just like you do. And so the players felt that, but also uh, management, you know, they would also pick my brain. And the coaches also uh, would call me up. And because they knew I had a pulse of the team in terms of, you know, what the players wanted and how things should be organized and that sort of thing. But, you know, it was from the experiences that I had already learned from being in New England. Right. And so, um, you know, that was really special uh, to me because not only did I, I feel like a player when I was there, um, I felt like I was much more than a player. Like I I felt like I was a part of the culture and in terms of uh balancing the coaches and uh the players and i was kind of in the middle like trying to help facilitate getting us to the next level and so um you know like even now like i still have a great relationship with mark and you know we talk often just in you know the direction of the team and and, and that sort of thing yeah no super cool like you know here's the thing you got to stop me now because i'll be long-winded i'll tell all the stories and we'll keep going and going so it's just if you want to go on to another subject, well, just I, say, I just want to know. Let's I just want
2: to know when, when Al Davis was remembering mm. all those plays, if he ever brought up the tuck rule.
1: Are you, are you, trust me, everywhere I went in the Raiders facility, everybody, <laughs> everybody at least once they always talked about the tuck rule and richard are right, you can tell us now and that uh, you know what i mean um, <laughs> it was always pretty fun and you know hey i, I just uh, i kept my lips closed and i just would always tell them hey man we're focusing on this game we got coming up this week you know but it was always fun and, and i'll just say this like i also respected al on so many levels because not only was al davis like the coach and that sort of thing but he also ushered in you know just when we have all of the the unrest in the country and uh social injustices and uh you know like al davis like he had you know black scouts he also had black head coaches yeah, he had black quarterbacks like he was a pioneer for ushering in He just wanted to win. He just wanted the right people in place. So it was like, I had so much respect for him. Like in like to Al, like, like Black Lives Matter, like before it was cool now to be a part of the movement. Like he lived it. He embodied it. He wanted change for everybody back then. Even his team that was around him, like it was white. It was women. It was blacks. It was, um, You know everybody was there so it was a culture of diversity um that really looks like america and so like i have a tremendous amount of respect for al just because not only just football right it was so many other things that came along with it as well so um you know so kudos to him
0: our guest has been Richard Seymour on this Pats from the Past podcast. Richard, we could do this probably for hours and hours. Um,
1: I see. But you know what? Like, I, I don't got hours and hours left. I see my kids. They kind of looking out the, the window. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted I want to say thanks for your time. No, it's been good, though.
1: Greatly, no, no, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. it. Yeah, and for sure. absolutely. Um, can't
0: wait until, um, God willing, this pandemic ends and we can mm. uh, move around the country a little mm. bit freely. And really, right. really look forward to the day when we are putting a red jacket on you, knowing uh, that a yellow special. jacket is coming very shortly after that.
1: Richard, thanks absolutely. for your time today. Thanks, thanks Richard. Oh, absolutely no. Thank you so much. And um, like I said, I've been—I'm—I'm I'm so grateful and happy to you know to have put on a Patriot uniform. It's taught me so much. And um, to all the fans out there that's listening, like, um, like I, I came to the Patriots at. 20 years old like i just turned 41 like it's a part of who i am it's a part of my dna and i'm so grateful for you know everybody that bought a, a 93 jersey um you know uh, we need to do a signing up there and i'll sign them all for you so thank you so much and thanks for having me on love it be well richard Absolutely. boom